This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by Bioptimizers and their new Magnesium Breakthrough. Learn more at magbreakthrough.com slash nomeat. That's M-A-G breakthrough.com forward slash nomeat and save an additional 10% when you use code nomeat. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C. and you're listening to Nomeat Athlete Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to No Meat Athlete Radio. Today we have yet another interview. We are on quite the kick with uh, Matt Tolman doing a number of really exciting and fun interviews. Matt, welcome. How's it going? Thanks, Doug. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving these, and I hope that our community is loving them as much as I am. Um, please let us know. You can always email us. Uh, or find us on social media, but uh, you know this is all for you. So if you're not having as much fun with them as I am, uh, do let us know, and and we won't do any more. <laughs> uh, but this one was in particular uh, really inspiring. Um, you know, Eric Adams, you know the Brooklyn Borough President. Uh, you know he is responsible for the health and happiness of 2.7 million people, which um, he told me that if if you were to call Brooklyn uh, an independent city, um, it would be something like the third largest in the country, Whoa. which I just thought was crazy. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. We're excited to have him on, and uh, he has quite the story and quite the vegan transformation that um, that I won't go into any details on because we'll let him tell that story, but. Uh, it's it's going to be a riveting episode, I think. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's always a good refresher. You know, I, uh, at least for me, um, you know, we can get so, I don't know, enmeshed in the vegan community and, uh, and so into the weeds about, you know, uh, whatever it is, oil and fasting and this and that, that sometimes it's, like I said, inspiring, refreshing to just pull back and say like there there are these really incredible transformations happening all the time with people who are uh, like what Eric did right he he got home with a bag full of prescription medicine uh, after being diagnosed with type 2 diabetes and instead of googling like you know type 2 diabetic support group he googled you know how to reverse it Right. He just said, I'm not like I'm not cool with this. I'm not going to accept it. I'm, I'm going to figure out the uh, the, the alternative, uh, the solution. Right. And, you know, thank God the word is getting out there that there is actually search results for for, uh, you know, when you Google that. And, right. and he found, you know, plant based nutrition. And and I just you know, again, I think his story is so inspiring because, um, you know, for me, it's so easy to get lost in the weeds and and you know trying to perfect our diet when when you hear things like you know what he did which was he just taught himself how to cook one meal right and then he taught himself how to cook a second meal and all of a sudden you know he worked himself up to having you know eight or ten in his repertoire that like he really enjoyed so anyway like i said he's so inspiring and i just would really encourage anyone who you know, you might be out on a jog and thinking to yourself, like, you know, I just want to hear more about Doug's latest uh, kick, 
gardening or Matt's obsession with walking, you know, it's like, but I really like, it was just refreshing. It was a quick interview, but, but really one of my favorites that I've done in a long time. Awesome. Well, on that note, let's just uh, jump right into it. So here is your interview with Eric Adams. Welcome, Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams. Thank you so much for being with us today. I can only imagine how much you have going on in the middle of a pandemic. You are responsible for the health, safety, and happiness of something like 2.6 million people I had to look up. That's, that's larger than you know nearly half of the, the states in our country. So you've got a big job, and I'm, I'm so pleased that we're able to make a little time to share your journey on uh, your health journey and everything else that you're doing. So thank you for making the time to be with us today. Thank you. And, you know, you know, hello from Brooklyn, uh, New York. And you're right, Brooklyn is a huge place uh, and the numbers are 2.6 million documented, uh, but it's far more. And if we were a separate city, instead of one of the counties in New York as a separate city, we, we would be the third largest city in America. And we're extremely diverse. 47% of the boroughs speaks a language other than English at home. So there are a lot of opportunities uh, to really uplift people here in the borough of Brooklyn. Wow, the third largest city. That, that is amazing. I could yes, not imagine. Yes. Okay. Well, an even bigger job than, than maybe I understood. And again, I know you have a lot going on and, and I wish we had more time to dig into so much of your role, especially with, with um, everything you're doing in public health. We'll get a little bit to that, but, but just to start and, and help everyone get to know you, um, tell us a little bit about your background and you spent 22 years as a police officer. You've been a state senator now, of course, you're the borough president. What drove you into public service? Why, why did you know that was your calling? And that's a great question. Uh, oftentimes, um, we start out on a journey only to take a detour to find out that that is really what our purpose uh, may be. Uh, I had a, a negative encounter with a police with police officers as a child, and it evolved into uh, civil rights leaders coming to me and 12 other young men and asking us to go into law enforcement to fight from within. And I was extremely reluctant because I was a computer program. I wanted to become Cisco qualified and open my own firm. Uh, but I had a lot of respect for them. It was a very turbulent period in New York where there was a lot of tension, some similar to what you're seeing now between police and communities. And I joined and started an organization called 100 Blacks in Law Enforcement Care. And our goal was to build a better symbiotic relationship with law enforcement communities and communities of color. Uh, after 22 years, I retired as a captain. And I really saw that policing and public safety was responding uh, reactively to some of the problems that were created. And I wanted to have a more proactive approach. And so I ran for state senate. I was elected, served uh, four terms in the state Senate and passed you know, some really good bills around uh, health and public safety and later uh, ran to become the ball president of Brooklyn. Uh, this, in other municipalities, you, you would probably call this the county executive, uh, but I'm the county executive for the county of Kings in uh, New York. 
Amazing. You know, it's, uh, it's always so inspiring to hear when a negative situation is, is transformed into something that, that drives you. Um, my own personal health journey was due to the loss of a loved one. Um, you know, different in kind, of course, but, but I think, you know, that, that's a mark of a true leader. If you can, like I say, take something like that and transform it into a positive. And, and I commend you for all the work you've done over the last three decades in public service. Um, uh, let's transition a little bit to your health journey on, on the personal side. Um, I know you were diagnosed with type 2 diabetes and transformed your health as many of the folks watching and listening this uh, are doing or have done themselves. Could you share a little bit about, um, I mean, in particular, maybe just start with what happened, where were you at that time, and, and what were some of the changes that you implemented in your own life? And I think that you said something that was very important, and I'm going to touch on it as we evolve, uh, about, you know, how do you turn around these uh, really missteps or encounters? And, you know, my mother told me as a child, if you're fortunate to live long enough, you're going to be misfortunate to experience pain. So we must find ways to turn pain into purpose. And just as in that law enforcement encounter, it was extremely painful, uh, I had to turn it into a purposeful journey in law enforcement. And it was really a prelude to uh, the experience of being diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. Uh, I was out of the country at the time when I was experiencing uh, discomfort in my stomach. I thought it was colon cancer, to be honest because I just lost a friend from it at the time. And it was the same type of symptoms. It wasn't gas, it wasn't moving, it was stationary. And when I returned to America, I said I would go to the doctor. And that morning when I woke up, I couldn't even see the alarm clock. Uh, it wasn't sleep in my eyes, but just that fast, my vision uh, just totally just sort of lost, particularly in my left eye, my right eye was going as well. And I was experienced for some time, almost a month, tingling in my hands and feet. And I couldn't even feel my right thigh. I thought it was due to um, playing you know, football and it was just nerve damage. But little did I know after I went to the doctor to check out the discomfort in my stomach uh, that uh, I had an ulcer, but he said, Eric, your real issue is your diabetes. I had no idea I was uh, diabetic. And he stated that that is what's causing your vision loss. You're going to lose your sight. And it's also causing the nerve damage, the tingling that you're feeling in your hands and feet. Uh, you know, this could lead to amputation. And he also showed me my numbers for my blood pressure was extremely high. My cholesterol was high. Uh, so I was just really in bad shape. I, went, I walked into the doctor's office with no medicine. I left with three medicines for my diabetes, including insulin. Uh, for the nerve damage, for the vision loss, for the blood pressure, for the cholesterol. I turned into a miniature Dwayne Reed, you know, by the time I walked out. And I just felt as though this was my plot. And, and, and to, to be honest, there was a part of me that said, well, you knew this was coming. Your family, they're all diabetic or pre-diabetic. And, you know, your aunts and uncles transition from uh, diabetes in one way or another. And I just thought that this was you know, what life had laid out for me. And so you left with a bag full of medications. 
but something happened, right? What, you know, obviously we know the end of the story. You, you found a whole food plant-based diet, but, but tell us about that, that moment. What, what triggered or catalyzed that change in your thinking, especially, I mean, it, it's so difficult to go against doctor's orders, right? We're so trained to believe that the guy or girl in the white lab coat knows what they're doing, right? And if you go against that, right, which I've done more than once in my life and through multiple pregnancies that my wife's had and, you know, my own health issues, right? Like, it's, it's really scary, you know, to take on that responsibility yourself and go against the grain, not just the doctor's orders, but also like nationally, right? Culturally. So, so what was the catalyst? And tell us like, where, where did you find that, that internal um, strength to say, I really believe this is right and I'm going to do it despite all those forces against me? I, I think the first thing was, uh, you know, just being still for a moment and absorbing uh, the uh, diagnosis and allowing that to resonate inside us. I think there's a voice in us. And if we just be still, uh, that voice will communicate uh, to us. And so I remember going home, putting the medicine on the counter uh, next to my laptop. And I just sat there for a, mo a moment and just really absorbed uh, what was happening. And, and then I opened my laptop and instead of looking at the pamphlets that, that the doctor gave to me, and I went to five other expert doctors as well, uh, endocrinologists, and instead of looking at living with diabetes, I just, a voice inside me said, type reversing diabetes. And that one word took me down a different journey, took me to another place. And it introduced me to some amazing doctors, Dr. Barna, Dr. Gregor, Dr. Esselton, who I eventually went to meet at the Cleveland Clinic in uh, Ohio. And he gave me some clear instructions and directions. And I remember uh, the pushback of saying that, you know, I'm losing my sight and this guy is telling me to stop eating steak. You know, what's wrong with him? <laughs> but uh, I was determined. And when I returned to the city, uh, I cleaned out my cupboards and my fridge and just started on an amazing journey of a whole food plant-based diet. And three weeks later, my vision cleared up. Three months later, uh, my nerve damage went away. My diabetes went in remission. And even the ulcer that started me in the hospital to the doctors in the first place, uh, it just went away and no medicine. Wow. You know, I honestly have never uh, spoken to someone who has reversed the vision loss. That's amazing. You know, my, my sister's a type 1 diabetic, so it's, it's close to home for sure. And the fact that you were able to take those steps, it's just so inspiring. So congratulations. Uh, so you went home, you typed in reverse diabetes. You met with Esselstyn, Gregor, some of the leaders in our community. Three weeks later, everything's starting to go better. Tell us about that transformation, you know, um, particularly for those who are interested in making it. What were what was the hardest part for you? You know, was it the cooking? You know, did you uh, hire a meal service or chef? I mean, I know for me, right, I'm, I'm very blessed to have a, a wife who uh, um, helps ease that pain for me. But but tell me what what was that transformation like? 
It was it, the first week was challenging, and people need to know that uh, food is addictive. Uh, is is no different than any drug. In fact, food is probably as addictive as heroin is. And I always say, if you take a person that's hooked on heroin, put them in one room, and a person that's hooked on fried, greasy, sugary food in another, and you take it away, you'll have a challenge of finding out who's hooked on the drug and who's not, uh, because it impacts you. And that first week, I went through withdrawals. Remember, it was 50-plus years of eating certain foods, and my, my body was craving them, uh, and they became ways that I self-medicated myself. You know, when I was feeling depressed or angry or upset, I would reach for that fried, greasy, uh, processed, sugary food. And so for the first week, it was a real challenge. I remember waking up dreaming about uh, that fried chicken and, you know, all of these different foods. Uh, but I was just determined. I, I, I chose life. I said, you know, I, I'm not going to lose my leg over a chicken leg and <laughs> I'm going to, you know, give it everything I got and just really, you know, push forward. And I lean into the discomfort and found ways of really addressing my taste bud. And that's, that's, that is the number one uh, direction I would give someone. Um, eating healthy is not a one size fit all. Uh, you should find what you enjoy. You know your taste bud. I knew my taste bud. I knew what I enjoyed. And uh, for the first probably three weeks, my food was horrendous. I said, oh, God, I have to eat this stuff. But then I started uh, practicing every Sunday, learning a new meal, tasting it, figuring it out. And I started building on, you know, in the month I had four solid meals Within two months, I had eight solid meals and so on and so forth until I had a repertoire of different meals that I can cook fast, uh, meals that I can just, you know, have for a long uh, cooking span. But I learned how to go from a person that never cooked to a person that 90% of what I eat, I cook myself. Wow, that that is amazing. And, you know, in, in our 80-20 plants program, you know, we're all about those small steps building up. But... I've never heard it um, said, you know, so basically, right, crystallized in that way, which is, hey, all you got to do is find one meal that you like, right? Learn how to cook one single meal. Anyone can do that, right? Um, I mean, trust me, I go through this with my dad more than I care to admit, and he's still struggling with oatmeal, um, but we're working on it, right? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to encourage him to watch this because you're an inspiration for just his, uh, his sort of lifestyle. And like I say, or like you said, learn one meal, learn the second, learn the third. All of us really, I mean, myself, I'm, I'm seven years into this lifestyle and I honestly think I have 10 meals that I rotate through for <laughs> dinner, you know, and during the day I'm, I'm drinking smoothies or, you know, nuts, snacks, whatever it might be. So um, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by Bioptimizers, and today we're going to be talking all about magnesium. That's your favorite mineral, isn't it? Isn't it, Matt? Magnesium is really powerful. It's in vogue too. You know, oh. using it for sleep and recovery and all sorts of stuff. So, but tell me more about magnesium. Yeah. 
Well, there's two big magnesium problems. Well, first is that magnesium has largely largely been missing from U.S. soil since the 1950s, which explains why many of us are deficient. And two, most supplements contain only one or two forms of magnesium, when in reality, there are seven that your body needs and benefits from. But there's good news. There always is. When you do get all seven forms of magnesium, pretty much every function of your body gets upgraded from your brain to your sleep to pain and inflammation, it all improves. And that's why I'm so excited that our friends over at Bioptimizers, makers of the industry leading digestive supplements, what they've just created, they created something they're calling the Magnesium Breakthrough, which is formulated to have all seven forms of the mineral. They even include trace amounts of something called monoatomic magnesium, which helps make all the other forms of magnesium bioavailable. What do you think, Matt? Magnesium is, I mean, like I said, just so critical. I mean, I've heard it called the master mineral because it powers like 300 critical reactions, everything from detoxification to fat metabolism. Like I said, you know, uh, energy maintenance, you know, if you care about your sleep or recovery um, and also, you know, digestion, which, of course, we know drives so many of these uh downstream processes so um yeah. i i'm a big fan of magnesium and i'm a big fan of bioptimizers as i've said you know after four years in the supplement industry myself um there are people who do it really well and there are a lot of people who don't and uh we're, <laughs> we're happy to partner with them and and uh, help spread the word about their um, really innovative product lineup that's right you can head over to Mag Breakthrough, that's M-A-G Breakthrough.com forward slash no meat and get an additional 10% off with coupon code no meat. So check them out by Optimizers and their new product, Magnesium Breakthrough. Thanks for being a sponsor and let's get back to the interview. And, and today, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're about four years into this lifestyle. Um, what what does your diet look like today? How how have things changed or or not changed at all? Of four, four um, wonderful years of an evolution. I am not the person who I was four years ago. Uh, not only did I drop uh, thirty five pounds, uh, but uh, my mind is clearer, and my relationship with food is just a different relationship. And you know, you just become are so smart about your diet and you become conscious about really this relationship that we have uh, with food and relationship we have with just uh, just this planet. Uh, when you start to become conscious of what you're eating in a real way, uh, you become knowledgeable about things that are taking place around you. And so now I start my day the same way every morning. Uh, I do a green smoothie. Uh, with kale or spinach and blueberries and blackberries and a, a, some, uh, ginger, ginger and a lot of superfoods, uh, cacao powder, carob powder, uh, malcolm powder, uh, different superfoods. And that is how I start my day. It is extremely filling. And I'll ch- chop up a few pieces of fruit. And I will start today with that. And it holds me until lunchtime. And then lunchtime, I would do a nice a large, either a big salad with mushrooms, uh, with uh, 
uh, different veggies, uh, beans, three beans. I have a seven bean salad that I love. Or I would do a stew with using uh, pure liquefying uh, lentils, black lentils with uh, other different veggies and put them in and just, you know, sweet potatoes and just really enjoy the different texture of food and taste of food that I like. And I, I no longer live by the food rules. Uh, sometimes I would mix with my my bean salad. I would put a a couple tablespoons of oatmeal. Uh, there's no rule that say you must have oatmeal for breakfast. You know, all of these <laughs> rules of food I no longer embrace. I mix my food based on the texture, the taste of that I look for and enjoy. That's amazing. You know, it it's always just so cool to hear about how other parts of your life, like you said, the, you know, the mental clarity, the, the relationship with our planet, you know, you start off with changing your diet for health. That's at least what happened to me as well. And the next thing you know, you know, I was moving to the mountains because like, you know, <laughs> everything changes, you know, and, yes. uh, and it's awesome to hear. I mean, seven bean salad, that's impressive, right? Cause you have to imagine that most Americans you know, we're eating one or two beans, right? Black or pinto at Chipotle, you know, but the fact that, you know, there's just this abundant world out there of all these different foods and you've discovered that. So uh, that's just awesome. Um, I, I know you have a- And that's so true. Mm -hmm. no, I, was ahead, so, I was saying that that is so true uh, because people often say to me, well, you just eat grass all day. <laughs> and clearly my- a diet is has expanded so much over the last four years. And when I look back on those days, every morning I, I ate the uh, two eggs on a roll with bacon or sausage. And when I sit down and talk to people, I say, do an analysis of what you're eating and you'll see that it's not me uh, that is limited, but you're in fact the limited. You know, <laughs> you eat the same things, you get that same steak, you get that same fried chicken, you get the same Coca-Cola. Uh, you know, we, we're stuck in this rut and don't even realize it until we get out of it and say, wow, was that me? And I look now at some of the food that people eat when I'm with my colleagues and friends and I say, wow, I was actually eating that way. Yeah. Yeah, it, like you said at the start, the way your taste buds evolve, you know, it's just an amazing thing. You know, to me, there's not one of those items that you just mentioned, you know, the idea of, of drinking Coke, you know, it's just, it's so sugary, I like it, you know, but like, but the idea of berries, you know, like I love fresh berries and it just makes you feel so good. Um, so you have a book coming out in October, I saw. Um, if you could distill everything that you put into that uh, into one recommendation for someone who is not yet eating a plant-based diet, what, what would you tell that person? A try. Give yourself three months. Uh, I think that that is the most important thing. And that's the beauty of a plant-based lifestyle because it's challenging. You know, we, we live in an instant generation. You want our news right away. We want our emails right away of that is just how we have evolved into and instead of trying to fight against that i lean into that and i know that we want things when we want them 
And there's nothing more wonderful about a plant-based life. If you just give yourself three months, you, the body that you know that's within you is going to come to the surface and you're going to see results in three months. It's not, it's not possible not to. Uh, your body is really crying out uh, to just give me what I need and I will give you what you want. And that's a healthy lifestyle. And so that is what I say to people. Give yourself three months, of get committed to those three months. And then after the three months, you do an analysis, go back, look at your blood work from your doctors, go back and look at your weight, uh, look at all the life that you have lived and you're going to see a different person in three months. My mother did it. Uh, she was diabetic for 15 years, seven years on insulin. After two months of going whole food plant-based, uh, she was able to get off her insulin. Wow, that's and She amazing. is 80 years old. <laughs> Those stories, uh, you know, always inspire me and there are so many of them. Um, I'm hopeful we have uh, time for just a couple more questions. Yes. Uh, I, I want to make sure to shine a light on your work in public health. Um, obviously, you've had a tremendous journey personally. Now you're using your position to try to help spread this message. I know you were instrumental in removing processed meat, a known carcinogen, according to the World Health Organization, which was still served in our schools, you know, paid with taxpayer dollars. So that's an amazing accomplishment. I believe also meatless Mondays in schools. Maybe you could just talk a little bit about that. And, and as a political science major, uh, I'm particularly curious, you know, what kind of opposition did you face? Administrators or parents were, were people accepting of this or, or was there a little bit of pushback because you were taking away that drug that we just talked about? And, and, and there is a science to moving people to the right place. And that's, I understood that one of the worst things you can do is attempt to dictate to people and use the term of turning our city into a nanny city. And that, that was not the desire. Uh, it was really to give people just information. Once we start telling parents uh, that asthma that your baby is experiencing, uh, look at the research around the foods that aggravate asthma, uh, the childhood obesity, the childhood diabetes. Uh, when we start showing them that 70% of 12 year olds have early signs of heart disease and start showing them uh, what food does to our children, uh, you know, no mother, no father wants to uh, knowingly do something that's harmful to their child. And the goal was to really show them what processed meat is. We don't give our, our children uh, Marlboro cigarettes every morning, so we should not be giving them processed meat in our schools. And we wanted to really show uh, how healthy eating could impact on the quality of life of our children. And so that's why we pushed through uh, the Meatless Mondays to let people start seeing. You can actually have a day that you don't eat meat and surprisingly, you know what happens? You're going to wake up the next day. You're not going to all of a sudden disappear. And people started to see the different tastes and different food of banning processed meat, teaching children how to grow food by using vertical farms and hydroponics and just really getting them engaged and immersed into a nutritional lifestyle is something we're extremely proud of. 
and you should be. Those are amazing accomplishments. And, and uh, you know, yet again, it comes back to education, right? Educating ourselves and our communities. Um, I think we only have one uh, time for one more question. And, and it's on education. My previous life was uh, working with K through 12 schools. And fact check this if, if I'm getting it incorrect, but I think you are a self-avowed D student who's now... Um, <laughs> So, uh, by the way, I was, I was not good at school either. Um, we've both somehow been okay. Uh, and I think that speaks to um, the fact that a traditional learning environment is not best suited for all students. Um, yeah. Not to mention, you know, vocational training and life experience in so many ways that we should be educating our young ones. Um, but tell me, what, what's your advice to someone who maybe doesn't like the class or maybe isn't doing well, maybe didn't do well and they feel stuck today. You know, you've risen to, again, you know, third largest city in the country that you're running. Um, what, what's your advice to that person? And it's, I use the term often, uh, believe. Uh, believe in yourself. And you are, we're all born for a purpose. No one is here uh, by accident. Uh, we're born for a purpose and find your purpose. That is where I believe we need to focus our educational system. It should be about helping our children, our scholars identify their purpose. Some of the most successful people we know uh, did not graduate from college. Some did not attend. You look at some of the major tech giants and look at their uh, academic history and you see that uh, they were dreamers and they were put in a place where their dreams were supported and allowed to flourish and grow. And that's what education is. And it's not training. It's not rope learning. It is not memorization. It is really redefining what education is and allowing people to find their purpose, their vision, and allowing them to evolve within that. And it may be that some want to uh, be uh, scholars, professors. They want to acquire all of the uh, items and things that you need to show that you became mastery in a certain academic field. But it's not meant for everyone. Uh, yes, I made the dean list once I got into college, but uh, the it was because once I got into college, I went from just uh, trying to learn something academically and started pursuing my dreams, what happened, which was computers at the time. But that is what I believe education is. Education is allowing our children to find their purpose and pursue it the best way possible. Well, it, it seems like you figured your purpose out and we're all so lucky for that because of the work you're doing and the shining example that you're setting in Brooklyn. I only wish that we could have more local and national leaders who are as enlightened as you are, um, let's hope it doesn't take more diagnoses of diabetes or <laughs> heart disease, right? You know, too many people are finding out too late that prevention really is the cure. Um, yes. But thank you so thank much you. for sharing your story with us today. I really, really appreciate you making the time, especially in light of everything that's going on. I think we can leave it there. Again, thank you so much, Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate you. Take care. You too. And, and today, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're about four years into this lifestyle. 
Um, what what does your diet look like today? How how have things changed or or not changed at all? Of four, four um, wonderful years of in evolution, I am not the person who I was four years ago. Uh, not only did I drop uh, thirty five pounds, uh, but uh, my mind is clearer, and my relationship with food is just a different relationship. And you know, you just become uh, so smart about your diet and you become conscious about really this relationship that we have uh, with food and relationship we have with just uh, just this planet. Uh, when you start to become conscious of what you're eating in a real way, uh, you become knowledgeable about things that are taking place around you. And so now I start my day the same way every morning. Uh, I do a green smoothie. Uh, with kale or spinach and blueberries and blackberries and a, a, some, uh, ginger, ginger and a lot of superfoods, uh, cacao powder, carob powder, uh, malcolm powder, uh, different superfoods. And that is how I start my day. It is extremely filling. And I'll ch chop up a few pieces of fruit and I will start the day with that. And it holds me until lunchtime. And then lunchtime, I would do a nice a large, either a big salad with mushrooms, uh, with uh, different veggies, uh, beans, three beans. I have a seven bean salad that I love. Or I would do a stew with using uh, pure liquefying uh, lentils, black lentils, with uh, other different veggies and put them in and just, you know, sweet potatoes and just really enjoy the different texture of food and taste of food that I like. And I, I no longer live by the food rules. Uh, sometimes I would mix with my, my bean salad, I would put a, a couple tablespoons of oatmeal. Uh, there's no rule that say you must have oatmeal for breakfast. You know, all of these rules of food I no longer embrace. I mix my food based on the texture, the taste, of that I look for and enjoy. That's amazing. You know, it it's always just so cool to hear about how other parts of your life, like you said, the you know, the mental clarity, the the relationship with our planet, you know, you start off with changing your diet for health. That's at least what happened to me as well. And the next thing you know, you know, I was moving to the mountains because like, you know, everything <laughs> changes, you know. And, yes. uh, and it's awesome to hear, I mean, seven bean salad, that's impressive, right? Because you have to imagine that most Americans, you know, we're eating one or two beans, right? Black or pinto at Chipotle, you know, but the fact that, you know, there's just this abundant world out there of all these different foods and you've discovered that. So uh, that's just awesome. Um, I, I know so, you have a- And that's so true. No, I was ahead, saying please. that that is so I was saying that that is so true uh, because people often say to me, well, you just eat grass all day. <laughs> and clearly my uh, diet is, has expanded so much over the last four years. And when I look back on those days, every morning I, I ate the uh, two eggs on a roll with bacon or sausage. And when I sit down and talk to people, I say, do an analysis of what you're eating and you'll see that it's not me uh, that is limited, but you're in fact the limited. 
you know? Mm-hmm. You eat the same things, you get that same steak, you get that same fried chicken, you get the same Coca-Cola. Uh, you know, we, we're stuck in this rut and don't even realize it until we get out of it and say, wow, was that me? And I look now at some of the food that people eat when I'm with my colleagues and friends, and I say, wow, I was actually eating that way. Yeah. Yeah. It, like you said at the start, the way your taste buds evolve, you know, it's just an amazing thing. You know, to me, there's not one of those items that you just mentioned, you know, the idea of, of drinking Coke, you know, it's, just, it's so sugary. I like it, you know, but like, <laughs> but the idea of berries, you know, like I love fresh berries and it just makes you feel so good. Um, so you have a book coming out in October. I saw, um, if you could distill everything that you put into that uh, into one recommendation for someone who is not yet eating a plant-based diet, what, what would you tell that person? I'll try. Give yourself three months. Uh, I think that that is the most important thing. And that's the beauty of a plant-based lifestyle because it's challenging. You know, we, we live in an instant generation. You want our news right away. We want our emails right away. Of that is just how we have evolved into. And instead of trying to fight against that, I lean into that. And I know that we want things when we want them. And there's nothing more wonderful about a plant-based life. If you just give yourself three months, you, you're, the body that you know that's within you is going to come to the surface and you're going to see results in three months. It's not, it's not possible not to. Uh, your body is really crying out uh, to just give me what I need and I will give you what you want. And that's a healthy lifestyle. And so that is what I say to people. Give yourself three months, of, get committed to those three months. And then after the three months, you do an analysis, go back, look at your blood work from your doctors, go back and look at your weight, uh, look at all the life that you have lived, and you're going to see a different person in three months. My mother did it. Uh, she was diabetic for 15 years, seven years on insulin. After two months of going whole food plant-based, uh, she was able to get off her insulin. Wow, that's and She amazing. is 80 years old. <laughs> Those stories, uh, you know, always inspire me, and there are so many of them. Um, I'm hopeful we have uh, time for just a couple more questions. Uh, I want to make sure to shine a light on your work in public health. Um, Obviously, you've had a tremendous journey personally. Now you're using your position to try to help spread this message. I know you were instrumental in removing processed meat, a known carcinogen, according to the World Health Organization which was still served in our schools, you know, paid with taxpayer dollars. So that's an amazing accomplishment. I believe also meatless Mondays in schools. Maybe you could just talk a little bit about that. And, and as a political science major, uh, I'm particularly curious, you know, what kind of opposition did you face? Administrators or parents were, were people accepting of this or, or was there a little bit of pushback because you were taking away that drug that we just talked about? And, and, and there is a science to moving people to the right place. And that's, I understood that one of the worst things you can do is attempt to dictate to people and use the term of turning 
our city into a nanny city. And that, that was not the desire. Uh, it was really to give people just information. Once we start telling parents uh, that asthma that your baby is experiencing, uh, look at the research around the foods that aggravate asthma, uh, the childhood obesity, the childhood diabetes. Uh, when we start showing them that 70% of 12 year olds have early signs of heart disease and start showing them uh, what food does to our children. Uh, you know, no mother, no father wants to uh, knowingly do something that's harmful to their child. And the goal was to really show them what processed meat is. We don't give our, our children uh, Marlboro cigarettes every morning, so we should not be giving them processed meat in our schools. And we wanted to really show uh, how healthy eating could impact on the quality of life of our children. And so that's why we pushed through uh, the Meatless Mondays to let people start seeing. You can actually have a day that you don't eat meat and surprisingly, you know what happens? You're going to wake up the next day. You're not going to all of a sudden disappear. And people started to see the different tastes and different food of banning processed meat, teaching children how to grow food by using vertical farms and hydroponics, and just really getting them engaged and immersed into a nutritional lifestyle is something we're extremely proud of. And you should be. Those are amazing accomplishments. And, and uh, you know, yet again, it comes back to education, right? Educating ourselves and our communities. Um, I think we only have one uh, time for one more question. And, and it's on education. My previous life was uh, working with K through 12 schools. And fact check this if, if I'm getting it incorrect, but I think you are a self-avowed D student who's now... Um, <laughs> So, uh, by the way, I was, I was not good at school either. Um, we've both somehow been okay. Uh, and I think that speaks to um, the fact that a traditional learning environment is not best suited for all students. Um, yeah. Not to mention, you know, vocational training and life experience in so many ways that we should be educating our young ones. Um, but tell me, what, what's your advice to someone who maybe doesn't like the classroom, maybe isn't doing well, maybe didn't do well and they feel stuck today, you know, you've risen to, again, you know, third largest city in the country that you're running. Um, what, what's your advice to that person? And it's, I use the term often, uh, believe. Uh, believe in yourself. And you are, we're all born for a purpose. No one is here uh, by accident. Uh, we're born for a purpose and find your purpose. That is where I believe we need to focus our educational system. It should be about helping our children, our scholars identify their purpose. Some of the most successful people we know uh, did not graduate from college. Some did not attend. You look at some of the major tech giants and look at their uh, academic history and you see that uh, they were dreamers and they were put in a place where their dreams were supported and allowed to flourish and grow. And that's what education is. And it's not training. It's not rope learning. It is not memorization. It is really redefining what education is and allowing people to find their purpose, their vision, and allowing them to evolve within that. And it may be that some want to 
uh, be uh, scholars, professors. They want to acquire all of the uh, items and things that you need to show that you became mastery in a certain academic field. But it's not meant for everyone. Uh, yes, I made the dean list once I got into college, but uh, the it was because once I got into college, I went from just uh, trying to learn something academically and started pursuing my dreams, what happened, which was computers at the time. But that is what I believe education is. Education is allowing our children to find their purpose and pursue it the best way possible. Well, it, it seems like you figured your purpose out and we're all so lucky for that because of the work you're doing and the shining example that you're setting in Brooklyn. I only wish that we could have more local and national leaders who are as enlightened as you are. Um, let's hope it doesn't take more diagnoses of diabetes or heart disease, right? You know, too many people are finding out too late that prevention really is the cure. Um, yes. But thank you so thank much you. for sharing your story with us today. I really, really appreciate you making the time, especially in light of everything that's going on. I think we can leave it there. Again, thank you so much, Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate you. Take care. You too.